the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. It's a couple minutes after 4. How's your day been? Thanks for tuning in. Forecast calling for a uh, sunny rest of the afternoon. Some clouds eventually clearing out tonight. Low down to 22. Cloudy tomorrow. High 38. Sixers won last night. 115-104 over Golden State. Joel Embiid back from injury. Scoring 24 points. A lot of Kobe Bryant pregame and in-game tributes, and rightly so. Joel Embiid, actually, I remember reading an article saying uh, the volleyball player and wound up giving that up. I think it was. It was inspired by Kobe Bryant to, to play ball. You he, he stop and think about it, You're hearing all these tributes and you're reading about them. And uh, one of the thoughts that comes to mind in general is when somebody passes away, when there's a tragedy, or even just when someone passes away, um, to take a moment to tell somebody something if you have the opportunity ahead of time. Don't wait till the eulogy or wait till a funeral to, to say nice things or kind things or how someone has changed your life. Just today, uh, my brother and I and my sister and a couple other family members were in a group text. And my brother's a painter. And he has, uh, he has uh, for, I guess, 35 years, he's been painting residentially and then commercially, does hotels now, travels. He sent us a picture from Georgia where he just finished a beautiful hotel and then... Uh, he was awarded two more. A lot of times in the corporate world, they'll, you know, obviously, or anywhere. If you get, you got somebody who's like, oh, he knows what he's doing. Let's just take care of my headaches and you take care of the rest of these. Or as long as the price is right and all that, you just want to find somebody who can take care of the job. Someone who's on time, does whatever. So he just had a quick picture so we could, you know, enter his world a little bit. And there, we just did a little exchange about how I used to paint with him. One of my jobs over my lifetime has been a, a painter, has a house painter with my brother for Parts of 10 years. There were a couple of years where I did it in a row, and there were a number of summers I did it, and I just sent him a note back mentioning how much I learned from him and how I still, to this day, will quote him. Um, I just did it yesterday. And so and he responded back. He appreciated that. And it's the kind of thing I want to make sure you know he knows because it's really true that to this day, my brother uh, and all of my family, but my brother Steve has a lot of, had a lot of influence in my life. Danny, how you doing today? You know, right? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, you have an older sister, so you know. Yeah. There's that influence going on there. Hopefully a good influence, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. My brother used to work. One of the things I learned from him, work ethic-wise, very hard worker, he used to say, uh, we're just going to put a half day in today, eight to eight. That was his idea uh, of a half day. <laughs> and then, uh, but I learned a lot from him. Like one, one of his sayings was, give 15 minutes to the job. So the idea was um, instead of when you were done, because we might, we might paint a house and be done 
that day based upon maybe the weather or something. We had to wrap up a little early. Maybe we put a longer day in. But whatever we wrote down, he would encourage us to write our time card around down just a little bit. Like if it was seven hours and 37 minutes, make it seven and a half Mm. um, rather than try to kind of push it up. Uh, But he always made up for it much more in in the end of the week. He would round up greatly. So it's learning how to be generous and not trying to squeeze everything you could out. Or or another way he would do it was uh, when you show up for work to really lock in the first part of your day to get going. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go do when you go paint a house, it's easy to get the radio on. Yeah. You get your station set up. You put your drink in the window. You kind of get all like it's your like it's you know you're chilling. It's like no 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 no. <laughs> you don't put the radio on. You don't get all that start. Get ready. Get into your day. Once you have a work mindset, then you can add the other things in a little bit. Sure. So I learned a lot about that because it helped me have a, an aggressive and a good way start to my day rather than rather than maybe kind of lazily go through it. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. Are you I'm learning anything? You. I don't see you writing anything down. Uh, <laughs> is it I'm all, with you. Is it all up here? I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, yeah. There'll be a quiz later. <laughs> okay. So uh, anyhow. So that's that. And uh, so be, you know, be encouraged to say something to somebody else, uh, you know, today, if nothing else, just a, a, a word of encouragement to somebody, a, a word of appreciation. Danny, I appreciate the good work you're doing on a lot of things, but the podcast specifically, people can listen to our program after the show. You have it up there ready to roll. You are taking notes during the program and all those hashtags and all those technical things. Yep. That some people like, that's a tic-tac-toe board. No, that's a hashtag now. <laughs> no longer a tic-tac-toe board. Well, I guess it could be. So thank you for your daily work on that. Well, thank you. And thank you, Tim, for providing us with a full hour of great content. Wow. Whew, now I'm embarrassed. We better go to a break really quick. <laughs> no. Uh, so, but on that on that note, we do have a special guest this hour. And it's a topical, topically sensitive in a good way. His name is Tremper Longman III. Actually has some local roots he uh, went to Westminster Seminary. He actually preached in my church maybe many years ago. When I saw the book come across my desk, I'm like, wait a minute, I think I know this guy. The book is called The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions. We don't get too political on this program, although we touch on it every now and again. Uh, Chris DeGaulle, who hosts a, a morning show on our sister station, uh, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, has joined us a couple of times. And uh, we'll, we'll chat about that. You know, I'm sure we'll have Chris on again. But uh, Tremper Longman III with this book, The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions. I think it's going to be a good conversation with him. Do we have copies of this to give away, Danny? Do you know? Did we wind up getting any of these? We do. We have three. Oh, that's nice. Well, then maybe we should give away three copies. Sure. All right. So over the course of the hour, if you want to win, you're listening and say, I like that. I think that's a good thing. Just uh, text in a nice, simple way to 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. And uh, just put the word... Uh, I don't know. What do you want to go with here? I like ballot. Ballot? Mm-hmm. And we won't even count off if you misspell ballot. <laughs> Two L's, one T. All right? Uh, ballot. Yeah. So the ba- the word ballot and your name, your first and last name, and we'll put you in the mix. We'll draw several winners maybe during the hour and at the end of the hour. Uh, so let's go to our first break. We'll welcome Tremper Longman the third in to join our conversation and talk about this book. And if you want to win, again, 610-500-DOVE is our Text line 610 500 3683. Throw yourself in the mix there, and hopefully, you'll win with us. Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560, WFL.com, and on the app, too. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL. 
and at WFIL.com. 412 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in today. And uh, we jump. Oh, you know what? Before we get on, uh, on with our chat here, I uh, just want to read something official. Due to circumstances beyond the control of WFIL and Salem Media Group, the dates of the Matthew West brand New York getaway trip were changed to depart on Wednesday, February 5th, 2020, and to return on Friday, February 7th, 2020. The YouTube Music Night featuring the release of Matthew West's new CD titled Brand New, and where the grand prize winner is scheduled to meet Matthew West, will be held on Thursday, February 6th, 2020, at YouTube Studios in New York City. Please see the sweepstakes, terms, and conditions on WFIL.com for complete details. That's the official word, as you may be able to tell. I don't usually talk that way. We do have a contest, many great contests going on on our website right now, and one of them is a chance to go to this event. And uh, due to some little complications with stuff, the, the times and when things are happening shifted just a little bit. But to be technically correct, we want to make sure you knew about that. After checking with our fine legal department, that is that. And you'll probably hear me say it a couple more times next few days, just to make sure everybody knows. But uh, on a good note, nothing's really changed in terms of you can still win. And there are a bunch of other great contests on our site. So help yourself to that info. Get yourself in the mix and uh, enter all you like. There are fun surveys or polls, a lot of good things, too. Fair enough. I think so. So we go to the phone and we have our guest, Tremper Longwin III. How you doing? Great, Tim. Uh, nice to hear your voice. Yeah, you too. I, I was looking at your name on this uh, the book, The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions, and I'm like, I know that name. I know that. <laughs> a Tremper Longman, could that be, when I was a kid, the guy who used to preach every once in a while at my church? And lo and behold, you are that man. <laughs> so, yeah, when I saw your name, I thought, yeah, he's part of the DeMoss family. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking to him, old friends back at New Life Church in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. So where where have you settled in uh, since those days? That was back in the 80s and 90s, or roughly, I'm trying yeah, to think? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I taught in Philadelphia at Westminster Seminary from about 80 to 98. Okay. And then I moved out to Santa Barbara, California, where I taught as the Robert H. Gundry Professor of Biblical Studies at Westmont College uh, from 98 till 2017 and retired a little early because we wanted to move back east to Alexandria, Virginia to be close to our kids and grandkids on the East Coast. Okay. So so that's where you call home is, is Alexandria, but you do still s- a little bit of traveling and speaking or professorship? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of traveling. This is my I'm out in uh, Ontario, California, teaching at Gateway Seminary. And last week I was in, uh, where was I? Orlando, Florida, teaching Young Life Area Regional Directors. And the week before that at Ambridge, Pennsylvania, teaching at oh, wow. Trinity Seminary. So okay, week in Fort Lauderdale. So, yes, I'm staying active, Tim. That's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of like professional athletes, how they wonder like what city they're in because they move around so much. You, you probably feel a little bit of that, too. Like, where am I? What coast am I on? So, well, I have to say, this is a particularly intense time of travel, but uh, yeah, a little bit of that right now. Well, when I originally uh, you know, came across your name, actually, it was a different book, Confronting Old Testament Controversies, Pressing Questions About Evolution, Sexuality, History, and Violence, which came out last year. Um, in my office, I have a big stack of, you know, many stacks of books, and we get a lot of opportunities. And so I pulled that one aside as one I wanted to talk to you about. By the time I got to it, 
You had another one out, this new one, the Bible and the ballot using scripture and political decisions. So I guess we'll focus on that one. And then maybe we'll touch on the other one. Like kind of kind of like when you get a you know, a, a chip that's like two chips are, are melted to one and you're like, Oh, this is a double chip, you know. Something <laughs> yeah, or whatever, great. maybe a candy or something like that. So but talk about the Bible and the ballot for a moment and using scripture and political decisions before before we get into that, just for a second, if you could share your testimony, because obviously without that there is no books, uh, books you're written and all that. So just how how you came to, you know, faith in the Lord. Sure. We're going back to ancient history for many. <laughs> uh, back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, I was in high school, and it was during the so-called Jesus Revolution, and uh, I played football. Matter of fact, just celebrated our high school teams winning the state championship Really, in Ohio. We had a little reunion, which was fun for a whole bunch of reasons, but uh, during that time, a, a young minister who was kind of athletic himself used to come and uh, join us in our summer practices before we started practices in earnest, and, and he shared the gospel with us. And I had been going to a really pretty liberal church with my family at the time and hadn't really heard the gospel before, but hmm. it made a lot of sense to me. And and so um, I became a uh, Christian and went off to Ohio Wesleyan University soon thereafter and uh, really grew in my faith there. There was a very young R.C. Sproul who happened to be working in Ligonier, Pennsylvania, wow. which is where Ligonier Ministries comes from. And yeah. he used to come to our campus and, you know, share about theology with us and got very excited about that. Then I met my wife, who had also recently become my future wife, who yeah. had also recently become a Christian. And uh, those she became a Christian through some students at Westminster Theological Seminary and through a ministry called Focus, and they told her uh, that she needed to go to Labrie and study right after she graduated. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, I've heard so of that. when I met her, she had just come back from Labrie, where she had been, you know, studying with uh, Francis Schaefer and working in the kitchen with Edith Schaefer. Wow. So that's kind of, that's that's uh, that's the short version of the story. That's... The longer version yeah. might include my going forward in the 1964 Billy Graham crusade, but, uh, but a case. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Tim. Sure. Sure. No, it's great to get a little snippet of that. Uh, Tremper Longman, the third is our guest. The book we're chatting about the Bible and the ballot using scripture and political decisions. You've written, I guess, close to or co-written three dozen books pretty much or or more. And they've been translated into many languages. This newest one, the Bible and the ballot. Um, How long has that been in the making for you? And what led you to think, you know what, let's do this. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good question, because uh, I was approached by the publisher, Erdman's, a couple of years ago to write the book. Uh, so it was actually the publisher's idea that I write it. And at first, I, you know, they pitched the idea to me, and they said they wanted it to come out at this time, so people could think through issues biblically as they prepared to vote. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I, I you know, I know something about public affairs and politics and issues. But then I realized what I do know is the Bible. And my book doesn't give specific public policies, but it does suggest that uh, the Bible gives us principles through which we think about issues like immigration, abortion, same-sex marriage, uh, racism, poverty, etc., religious liberty, And also, as I got into it, I realized more than principles, it shapes our attitudes and also should 
shape our rhetoric, the way we talk about these issues. So, so I wrote the book to sort of explore what I consider the principles, attitudes, and rhetoric that the Bible itself suggests to us. And of course, to do that, Tim, you also have to talk about, well, how do you read the Bible in order to derive these principles? It's not as easy as just reading the Old Testament and say that there's a simple one-to-one correspondence to our situation today. Because, of course, during the Old Testament time period, the nation itself was God's people, whereas today, you know, the church, drawn from many nations, constitutes God's people. So so I worked through those issues of what these scholars call hermeneutics in the first part of the book. Tremper Longman III is our guest. The book we're chatting about, The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions. If you want to win a copy, send a text to 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. Just your first and last name and the word uh, ballot will do. Don't worry about spelling. We'll make several winners this hour. Quick break. We'll keep our chat going in just a moment in WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 424 on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Still have a few days left in the month of January. Don't forget, our January Ministry of the Month is New Life Live with Steve Arterburn. You can catch that weekday afternoons at 1. It's also rebroadcast at midnight on WFIL every weekday this month. Been handing out Steve's book, 100 Days of Peace. It features daily devotions on 100 topics that encourage finding peace in God's care. It's a great place to find that. Each daily reading includes a key Bible verse, a short one-page devotion, thought-provoking quotes, and prayers inspired by Scripture. The readings are short enough you can do in about five minutes, but they're deep enough to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. Congratulations to Kimberly in Harleysville, Elaine in Roslyn, and Roosevelt in Burlington, New Jersey. Just several of our winners thus far this month. You can join them. Still have a few days left for you to get in the mix for that. There's also a grand prize. The eight-book Arterburn Wellness Series features titles like Understanding and Loving a Person with Alcohol or Drug Addiction and Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. Get entered by clicking the Ministry of the Month banner at WFIL.com. Tremper Longman III, our guest, author of uh, the book, The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions. There's a couple of things you said there. I was going to ask you if you, you know, could share an overall view, a little bird's eye view. And you just kind of started that by mentioning the beginning of the book, and we can get into the second half of the book as well, uh, maybe in a moment. But you brought up a point that I think is interesting, that perhaps if a uh, you know, person, they believe, say, God's Word is true. I do. It's all true. I don't have to wonder if it's true, but they may confuse the simplicity of just trusting that it's true with the fact that how that plays out is not necessarily quite as simple, right? Yeah. I mean, that could be yeah. a mistake you make and just think it's God's word and everything is black and white in, in the sense of they want to quickly be able to stamp their thoughts on something as quickly as they're trusting God, it, this is his word, but it, they may realize it takes more context and engaging with it to understand it. Because on the flip side, they're probably afraid. I'm, I'd be one of these people on the flip side. Well, there's enough confusion or not quite sure what it says that you can make it say whatever you want. And you you bring that up in the beginning of the book, right? Yeah, I sure do. First of all, I start by saying, why should we care what the Bible says? And as Christians, as a Christian, I do feel the Bible's true in everything it intends to teach. Uh, So I'm comfortable with that definition of inerrancy. 
which is the Chicago statement on inerrancy, statement on inerrancy. But I also point out that while the Bible's inerrant, our interpretations are not necessarily inerrant. We have to give them thoughtful consideration. Now, I also back that up by pointing out that the Scriptures are absolutely clear on everything that pertains to our salvation, you know, so that's taught so clearly and so often that, but on other issues, like what does the Bible say about immigration, we do have to think about it and and uh, be open to, you know, changing our ideas based on what the Bible says. And so then in the next part, I talk about issues like, uh, just to pick one, continuity and discontinuity, particularly between the Old Testament and our situation today, but there are also issues of continuity and discontinuity between the New Testament situation and our present political situation. Christians lived in a totally different kind of political environment as they were living, you know, in the context of the Roman Empire. Right. (laughs) And so, so you have to think through those issues, and that was my purpose in providing the chapter that talks about the kind of things we need to keep in mind when we're looking at Scripture to derive these principles. And you're right, we have to be very careful that we're not just proof-texting and imposing our political views on the Bible, and readers need to read it to see if I'm doing that. I was, as I say in the preface, I was a little encouraged by the fact that I actually changed my mind on some issues in the context of writing the book. But that doesn't mean, as I invite the reader, I say, you know, uh, I'm trying to persuade you, but I'm certainly open to critical responses to my understanding. The only thing I ask is that when people want to disagree with me, that they provide, you know, biblical reasons themselves for disagreeing with me. That's my hope. My, My main hope is to get people thinking and then sure. my secondary hope is to persuade them. <laughs> sure, <laughs> That's sure. That's what I guess writers do, right, Tim? Yes. I uh, uh, wanted to mention also, as you, you, know, you, you mentioned earlier in the book, how you really want people to remember it's important to in- interpret things properly rather than necessarily pick up the book and jump to, okay, what does it say about war? What does he say about you know, same-sex marriage? Like what, you know, like to look to like, this is the book that has the answer in it. Right. I mean, because it can be tempting to skip past the whole process of how you arrive at the things that you're thinking. Mm. So that's why right, I mean, you yeah. set it up that way on purpose. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm hopeful that people will read that first part uh, before they dive into specific issues that they're particularly interested in, because it's really important to be thoughtful about how you're reading the scripture, particularly in an area like this. Yeah, so I, of course, hope that your listeners get the book and, and read it. So I'll encourage them to make sure they take a look first at the first couple chapters. Tramper along with the third, our guest, the book. We're chatting about the Bible and the ballot using scripture and political decisions. If you'd like to win a copy, we have a few to hand out. Just send a quick text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Each personal last name and uh, the word ballot. We'll make several winners. Maybe we'll draw one or two coming up in a little bit. And certainly again near the end of the hour. It's Tim DeMoss Show and AM560, WFIL.com and on the app. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL and at WFIL.com.
Our podcast continues. It's 434 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Once again, if you want to win a copy of the book, The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions, our guest is Tremper Longwin III. We'll chat uh, a little bit more in a moment. Uh, just send a quick text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, and uh, put your first and last name in there and the word ballot, and we'll put you in the mix. Forecast calling for a little sunshine the rest of the afternoon. The sky is clearing out tonight completely, and a low of 22 tomorrow, getting cloudy again. High of 38. Sixers won last night, 115-104 over Golden State. Joel Embiid back from injury. has been out for a few weeks now. Uh, back on the court, scoring 24 to lead the Sixers. The rest of the team in double digits is starting five. So it was a total team effort there. Uh, also, just a quick note, our pre-born partnership continues to march along, even though officially we hit the goal of 400 ultrasounds. We're at 429 now, which is fantastic. Uh, thank you to Linda in Jackson, New Jersey, and Jonathan in Philadelphia, Andrew in Collegeville, Bernadette in Ariel, New Jersey, all recent contributors to that. It's a simple idea. $28 provides a free ultrasound for a pregnant woman or girl who's not sure what she's going to do as far as having the baby or not. And just the opportunity to see the babies, uh, you know, on, on the ultrasound there and, and or hear the heartbeat goes a long way toward helping them think, you know what? I think I want to keep this child a very gentle but powerful way and affordable, too. So uh, our goal as we partner with Preborn this month, which is an organization that provides these was uh, basically one a day for this year, 400, uh, rounding up there a little bit. And so there are two ways to do it. If you still want to hop on board, we're continuing to work with them through Friday at midnight. So you can either go to our site, click the pre-born banner, or you can uh, call 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. Thank you to everyone who's helped out so far. It's been fantastic to work together as a WFIL listening family. Let's be continue chatting with uh, Tremper Longwin III, the book again, The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions, uh, we talked about kind of the first part of the book, setting people up to think about, so how do I, what do I think about the Bible anyway, from a starting point, if I'm going to use it in guiding what I'm thinking about different issues. And then the second half of the book, you go into a number of those issues, and there, there are 10 specifically, uh, like uh, religious liberty, there's war, abortion, immigration, same-sex marriage, the environment, a number of others. Uh, so, you know, share if you would. Why you picked the ones you did, and you, you know, you kind of capped it at ten there. You know, and why did you do just ten? Huh, yeah, that's a good question. I, I yeah, I could have kept going. I could have, and I I may find a way to follow up on this um, healthcare, which is connected in part to issues of wealth and poverty, which I do have a chapter on, but I don't address healthcare. I don't directly address gun control, and again, I I want to think through the issue before. I started saying what I thought the Bible really says about those. I have some, you know, kind of intuitions about it, but intuitions aren't all that helpful. So, yeah, I, I capped it at 10, partly because, um, well, I need to get it out before, yes, <laughs> before, right. before now. <laughs> and uh, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of important issues out there, uh, and those are two that I wish I had had time to really dive into. Sure. But but I think the 10 I chose are also pressing ones and and important ones that we need to keep in mind. One thing, for those just tuning in, we're chatting with Tremper Longwin III. Uh, the book we're talking about is The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture in Political Decisions. The, just the idea, you take this whatever direction you want to, 
um, as you were working on it, maybe even as you were talking with friends or colleagues about the fact you're working on it, or just people at church or something, what what kind of uh, feedback did you get? And, and did you learn some things, just some offhand comments about people's perceptions of how the Bible is supposed to or not supposed to be you know, mixing with how you vote, or it should be our total guide, or you know, you know, any thoughts that, yeah. that came to mind along the way? Sure. I mean, there were people who um, thought that the Bible was important, but you didn't have to do the hard work. You just really get some general themes out of the scriptures or something. There are others who think, you know, we ought to withdraw from the political process. I think the most current thinking about that is associated with the Benedict Option. And of course, there are lots of differences over whether we can or should try to legislate certain Christian moral values. While we might agree on the moral values, should we try to legislate them? So probably the the biggest differences is over sort of Christian strategy of influencing the culture while keeping the church pure. So um, mm, okay. so I, I actually deal with those issues, too, really early on, you know, using scholar of the previous generation, Niebuhr's kind of categories of how Christ and culture interact. And I offer an example from the book of Daniel. I mean, Daniel himself and his three friends, how they interact in their toxic situation to, you know, their Babylonian captivity. How do they navigate their faith? And at least to me, it seemed clear that there wasn't just a one-size-fits-all one kind of approach. They very wisely and deftly try to navigate the toxic situation they're in to stay faithful. You mentioned a minute ago the Benedict Option. Can you explain what that is for those who don't know? Well, the Benedict Option, as I understand it, is the view that the Church uh, needs to remain pure, and it kind of advocates—this may be an overstatement— but it kind of advocates withdrawing from the political— process and witnessing to the world by, you know, the purity of the Church. Uh, At least as I understand it, I'm not a fan, uh, because, you know, Jesus tells us we're in the world, we're not of it, but we're in the world, and, and we should be as innocent as doves, but as wise as snakes, or shrewd as snakes, which is a very interesting... Right. So I think I, I think it's um, not right to sort of simply withdraw. I think our Christian values, uh, we ought to try to persuade our fellow citizens toward them so that they might flourish. And, and as they see the Church uh, as a place of flourishing, uh, that they might be attracted to it, um, that God might use that to bring them into the Church. Unfortunately, too often they see a church fighting with each other and uh, hmm. other specific issues <laughs> that I don't get into in my book. Uh, my book is is in, intentionally not addressing the present political situation or taking a side there. I, I have my opinions, uh, yeah. but I don't express them in the book, because for one thing, I see this book as being relevant into the future, and also... I, I think it's actually still um, useful, even outside the United States, to say other Christians in other countries think through similar issues in their context. 
Chemper Longman III is our guest. He's written this uh, book, The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions, one of several dozen books he's written over the years. Uh, Danny, let's go to the text line and grab a winner. We're going to make right. more before. But let's pick one. We have John from Narvon. 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 Nar- Narvon. Where's that? It sounds like a uh, very Star Trekian. I am John from Narvon. <laughs> so he's the winner. He is he's the winner. He's a winner. We have a couple more books to do. Yeah, we have two more copies. All right. So fair enough. We'll give you another 15 minutes or so. We'll draw our last couple winners at the back end of the program here. We'll go to a quick break. But if you want to text in, it's 610-500-DUB. 610-500-3683. Just need first and last name and uh, the word ballot. We'll put you in the hat. And if you happen to win, we'll text you back to get your full address so we can mail that bad boy out. Quick break. Back in a moment. Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 445 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Uh, two quick things. If you want to win this book, The Bible and the Ballot, last call for your opportunity to do so. 610-500-DOVE. Text in your first and last name and the word ballot. Put you in the mix. 610 500 36 83. Continue our chat. We'll jump along with the third in a second. Before I forget, though, we have a party coming up. Sunday, February 23rd. Just want to drop this in here from now. Put on your calendar. Uh, China Garden in Willow Grove. They have a wonderful buffet. We're going to be there from noon to three. I know I'm going to be there. Danny's thinking about going. Depends if she has to know. Depends how long you sleep in that day, right? Is that part of the... I'm trying to wonder... No, I have another job. Oh, okay, fine. So you may show up, though. No, you I m- can't make it at all. You can't come? No, I work. Because it's the... Fine, never mind. <laughs> Danny won't be there. But Joe will be there. You know, the hardest working producer in Philadelphia radio between 4.02 and 4.58. Now, You've talked to him? Now retired. Oh, I talked to him last night. Oh. He's very excited about... Well, he's going to try. He's retired, so I would think he'd have some time, but I can't guarantee it. Anyhow... That's happening the 23rd, and we're giving away a lot of stuff. So check it out in our contest page at WFIL.com, Sunday, February 23rd. Jumper Longman III, our guest, the book, The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions. I think it's a fascinating topic, and it's uh, I'll, I'll tell you v- v- briefly, you know, the way I tend to approach things. I, I tend to vote. Uh, I mean, I vote every election. Um, I generally am voting conservatively. I have several issues that tend to be in the front burner for me. And then, but I, I always like listening to other people because some people may uh, shed some light on um, why other issues matter as well, or should be considered uh, not just kind of secondary or tertiary, but also be considered with a lot of importance. And so I believe in helping change things that way through the laws, which make it make a difference. Uh, but yeah. I personally, I spend, I'm going to guess, you know, the vast majority of my brain on what's right in front of me. So love God and love your neighbor. Uh, and I've often said this on the show as an example, if uh, you, you're saying I'm pro-life, um, that's often taken to be really around the issue of abortion, should it be legal or not? And so, so you know, push the button at, at the polls, but then what are you doing between pulling the lever every four years or whatever it is? Like, what is your life showing that is pro-life? Because mm-hmm. you actually can control yeah. that no matter who's in office. No, uh, till, till, till further notice... You're still allowed to take, a, say, a woman into your home and let her have a place to stay and have her child and support her through till she's on her feet. 
Um, that to me takes a lot more work, but it's super pro life. And uh, regardless of who's in office, you can quote unquote win and and have what God wants you to do happening. And so I, I, I guess I would encourage people to do both, uh, not to downgrade one or the other. But if I guess if I had to err on one side or the other, I want to make sure that I'm living my daily life in a pro life way. Amen to that. Amen to that. I think if the church steps up in that way in everyday decisions and support for people like you're describing it, I think that would be a tremendous witness to the to the world, even more than trying to force the overturn of Roe versus Wade, partly because if you do overturn it, then the states, you know, the individual states or a number of them will pass abortion laws. And so I think we need to love our way out of that issue rather than yeah, turn a- to legislation to solve the problem for us. So in case that's, yeah. uh, but I talk, I do talk about those issues in, in the book. Well, and at the end no, of each, but I, I just say amen yeah. to what you said. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, and, and again, not to downplay the law because obviously, when there is a law in place, that, right. that that carries a lot of weight. But I think mentally, or the energy level, or the discussion level, uh, people can really get on a topic with some whatever topic it is, and invest so much energy into trying to persuade somebody something, and then you're like tired, and it's like, okay, now where are you? You just had, I mean, not to, again, not to discourage conversation with people either. I mean, that, that can be very healthy, but right. if it oh, becomes yeah. more of a, just, you know, trying to, trying to get your view out there to everybody. And, uh, but then like, well, did, that's one way of going about things, but what, at the end of the day, what actually happened? And can you put your finger on something tangibly that, you know, that, that there was a difference being made, or if you say it, it, environmental causes, are there some things you're actually doing as opposed to yes. just espousing? So, you know, anyway, right. um, at the end of each chapter, though, you, I think, you know, also as a, a, a way to remind folks or let folks know, you have the, I guess, a little summation of attitudes and dispositions, biblical principles and reflections and questions that really tie things up well uh, at the end of each chapter. We could share a little bit about, you know, what went into that kind of a uh, an anchor for each chapter. Yeah, so I thought that would be a, you know, I hope people read through the chapter, of course, but I thought it would be helpful to have a sort of a summary there of the big points on each of those topics. And then, you know, the discussion can be good for individuals as they think through the issues that I raised in the chapter, but could also be good for a discussion group. I've had some people tell me they're going to use it, you know, in a small group study together to think through these issues, and and they're going to use those questions for that purpose. Yeah, so so I hope it's helpful to the readers that yeah. I provided those. Yeah, I, I it's a you know it's a good way of of boiling down things in a recap of of the previous page that I was going through that and thinking this is a good way to sum it up and and, and re you know hit the reset button on everything. So uh, I think that was a wise move. <laughs> so thank you, thank yeah. you, Tim. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we know we're just about out of time. Uh, just for a second, if you would mention, because I mentioned near the beginning of our chat, the confronting Old Testament controversies book, which came out oh, last sure. year, um, pressing questions about evolution, sexuality, history, and violence. And uh, obviously, I'm seeing that you know these two books are controversial in nature, in a sense, because you're tackling <laughs> things that are. So apparently, there's a theme here. You're not afraid to roll up your sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> and delve into waters that are a little bit, you know, maybe uncomfortable even for you. Uh, you know, it's a, I would think it could be a little lonely to tackle something and 
and uh, maybe ruffle a few feathers with some things you're thinking or, or just the, uh, yeah, everybody wants things settled. I know I do. I don't want to don't mess with my thinking. I'm good. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you're, you're right. As uh, one person told me, both my books have something in it that'll make everybody mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. matter of fact, the publisher's weekly re- yeah, review said something of the ballot book said the same thing, or at least maybe not mad, but that they'll disagree with at least initially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wrote that book, the Confronting Old Testament Controversies book, also at the instigation of my publisher, in this case, Baker Books, who asked me to write a book that would lovingly push back on some of the more controversial ideas of friends of mine, like Peter Enns and, um, uh, and uh who I played softball I with back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh well he's an awfully great baseball player. Pete was my student, my colleague, and one of my closest friends. Really? But the publisher yeah, oh yeah, he's still one of my closest friends. He played shortstop for the New Life softball team. He he played for yeah. the Mets in, in the minor leagues. Yeah. I th- well, no, don't I I think it was I think it was the Yankees. Yankees. He's a big Yankees oh I better not make that mistake. <laughs> it might have been the Mets, but he's a Yankees fan. Like he is now, Mets. yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was a great so shortstop. Might have been the Yeah. So um Well anyway, yes. Yeah. See all these so Bible scholars are or athletes. You play for the uh, for a high school state championship <laughs> team. And Pete played that's right. in the minors. I'm, I'm noticing yeah. a theme here. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. So, uh, yeah, we're not the wimps you think we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in any case, yeah. So, so particularly in the area of divine violence, you know, the concern that many people have about you know God judging people through violent means, particularly in the Old Testament and on um, history, where some evangelical scholars are even saying it doesn't matter whether the exodus happened, particularly since we don't have any explicit, direct evidence of it outside the Bible, but it's a good theological story. So I push back against those ideas. And on the sexuality chapter, I talk about how, yeah, the Bible, in spite of efforts to make it say something different, does present what most of us see as a sort of a traditional sexual ethic. But then the next question is, how do we love? How do we welcome without affirming? Because that question is just as important as the, as the first question. Yeah. On the evolution one, I suggest in my book, uh, controversial to a number of people, that the Bible is not incompatible with the theory of evolution, because the Bible isn't telling us how God did it. It's telling us God did it. He created everything, including human beings. Uh, On the other hand, I do think it's important to push back on people who say there never was a historical fall or that there's no such thing as original sin. So some people think that if you you think God used evolution to create human beings, that somehow that eradicates the notion of a period of innocence and that sin is a result of rebellion or the fall. And in my book, I I show that that's not the case, even though there are people who, uh, including Pete, who suggest that in his book, The Evolution of Adam. So I push back against those ideas as well. Interesting. Okay. um, Again, I just felt that at this time of my life, after studying the Old Testament and the Bible for 40 years professionally, that it was time to 
tackle some of the more controversial issues. But um, but I'm still doing the. I'm, I mentioned before the show. I'm just publishing now how to read Daniel, and I'm doing a commentary on Revelation for Kriegel Press and. And actually, Baker's asked me to do a three-volume project on the Old Testament's literature, the Old Testament's history, and the Old Testament's theology. Wow. I, they don't put it this way, but I think it's kind of, they're thinking of, of it as my end-of-life project. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever wish they had just said, hey, can you come up with a coloring book uh, concept for us? Or, you know, something yeah. <laughs> not too taxing? So these are heavy things, but they're, but it's good. And, you know, and it's, it's, it's good to not be afraid to think about and, and read and engage. I know my, um, you, I don't know if you ever knew a guy named Dr. Robert Ream. He was the Bible. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. my Bible teacher when I went to school at Philmont yeah. and we would yeah, talk. Oh, about, sure. Yeah. My well, kids went to Philmont too. So. <laughs> okay. So, you know, well, he was there for many years and I yeah. remember, um, him saying, you know, we would engage and think about things in scripture, but he, one phrase that I never forgot said revelation over reason. And mm-hmm. the phrase, the tone I picked up from the, the Bible and the ballot is, uh, you know, a, a kind of, a, you're talking about things from different sides and not afraid to ask questions and say, well, maybe this, maybe there's a gray, gray, a gray area here. Or you're not sure what it exactly means or something like that. But I, I see you a number of times pull back to, let's not forget, we are dealing with God's word, almost, almost like don't don't lose sight of that. It's not like God's word's a starting point. Now let's go make up what we think. It keep yeah. coming back to the fact that God's word is the is the arena in which we're playing in. Yeah. So. I'm glad you picked up that tone. Yeah. There, Tim. Well, yeah. it's great talking with you. Thank you for taking time today. We really appreciate it. Hey Tim, I appreciate the conversation. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Sure thing. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. All right, bye bye. Bye. That's Tremper Longwin, the third author of The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions. Danny, a couple more winners? We do. We have Michael from West Deptford right. and Lisa from Richborough. Congratulations to Michael and Lisa. Well, Lord willing, be back to do more of this tomorrow. In the meantime, we'll pass the baton to Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries. He leads in prayer next. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.